What are some of the biggest questions facing Denver Broncos general manager George Payton this offseason? It's a crucial one, and there is a lot at stake. We'll break it all down on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This offseason is going to be crucial for the Denver Broncos, not only for head coach Sean Payton, but for general manager George Payton, who's going to have to align on a lot of things that Sean wants if the Broncos hope to get back to the postseason. We'll break it all down on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And do us a favor, hit that subscribe or that follow button down below so you never miss out on all the Broncos content and coverage that you need every single day, all year long. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com here. Sarah, as we get through this week here, we're preparing. There's a lot of things coming up here in the NFL offseason calendar when we talk about the Senior Bowl, the East-West Shrine Bowl. You know, we're going to all get there, and then there's going to be the buildup for NFL free agency, the NFL scouted combine, the NFL draft. There are still a lot of things that the Broncos have to ask themselves, and I think we're going to kind of throw these questions out there as well. In Broncos country, always eager for your thoughts, but we're focusing on George Payton. So three of the biggest questions we feel like he is facing this offseason in particular – for the Broncos. Now we heard in our end of the year press conference just a few weeks ago, I mean, George Payton, Sean Payton, Greg Penner, it seems like that triangle, the brain trust there, they're in alignment on everything that they have planned going forward here this offseason. So it makes things very, very interesting. Yeah, especially because George Payton said that they weren't going to be super active in the first wave of free agency as we saw them in 2023 going after guys like Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers, and others. Obviously, Zach Allen, the Broncos were big players in wave one of free agency, but I think not being a big player in wave one of free agency is the best place to be as an NFL franchise, just in general. I mean, you look at free agency through the years, Cody, there's way more instances of hey you probably should have just saved the money and gone after somebody else or maybe look to the nfl draft or you know something like that as opposed to going and just spending a bunch of money on free agents guys hit free agency for a reason we all need to remember that and teams let these players go sometimes it's because they just they they can't pay everybody but a lot of times cody you don't see high quality players hitting the free agent market i mean there are obviously exceptions but really the best free agent acquisitions are the ones that typically come in with very low expectations and i think you see teams going after guys like the houston texans just accumulating these low budget free agents former first round picks guys who maybe didn't quite work out in their previous situation as draft picks and you start to accumulate all these different free agents across your roster it just works out way better. And so maybe George Payton has seen that and maybe he's like, okay, so this is the best way to, if we don't have draft picks, which they don't, the Broncos, they may try to trade back. They may try to trade to get more picks. They just don't have the draft assets right now to really build the way that he said he wants to, which is get your depth in the draft. They're going to need to go after low budget free agents and take some risks on players in order to build out the depth on this roster, at least for 2024. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Houston Texans because I was going to go there as well. The last couple of years, they've signed. I, I don't know how many times, you know, we, everyone always waits for free agency, right? Like once the new league year begins, like you always hear like the, the legal tampering period. 
But I remember the last couple of seasons just looking at my phone, getting updates from Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, Tom Pelissero, and seeing the Houston Texans signed this guy. But it's like, okay, they signed this guy. And all these deals, they signed a bunch of dudes to one-year contracts. And look what that did for them. Like That was one way for them to supplement some of the depth. Obviously, they went out and they got C.J. Stroud at number two, and then they got Will Anderson Jr. in this year's draft. Like That was big for them. But primarily, they've built this team through one-year deals with a lot of these guys, and including veteran guy that we all know and love. Andrew Beck had a big prominent role for them inside that offense this year. He even had a kick return touchdown for them this year. So I think we see the Broncos go that path. I think there's always that thing. I know Broncos fans are going to be mad that like once free agency begins – when they're not seeing the notification, the Broncos are signing or agree to terms with like, there's going to be like this, Oh, free agency. So boring. Why can't they do it? But they will get there eventually. I don't think they're going to go crazy in free agency with terms of like these small level deals. I think they're going to add three or four pieces though of, of guys to one year deals. And I think primarily the bigger question we have here, Sarah is there are a handful of in-house free agents that this team needs to bring back you and I we've done episodes here on lockdown Broncos last week about offensive free agents defensive free agents and who should be back and priority number one in my opinion when you look at where Denver's at it's probably got to be PJ Locke at this point who's going to command interest from other teams so how does George Payton handle free agency from acquiring guys that aren't already on the roster in the second wave of free agency and how do they take care of in-house guys like to me that is a huge huge question that I have Yes, and, and the Broncos really need to figure out a way to be big players in free agency, in my opinion, without being first wave players, right? Because you don't need to go out and sign, you know, the the biggest, you know, they were the only team to sign a player to a free agent contract for five years last year. That was the Mike McGlinchey deal. That was the only free agent contract in all of 2023 unrestricted free agency that was for five years. So when we talk about being players in that first wave, we're not necessarily saying the Broncos are going to pass on all the good players. This year's free agency crop, as we continue to get closer and closer to that date, we'll break it down. It's Cody, I just did a, I just pre-wrote a piece for NFLSpinZone.com looking at the top 10 free agents, just the top 10 at every position group in this year's free agency. And I'm telling you right now, this year's free agency class is ridiculously good at, at just about every position. I think the only position group that I was saying, wow, it's kind of thin here, is really cornerback, where we hope that the Broncos have young players that they've drafted that can be starters. So I think every other area, it's like, hey, you may not go out and sign Chris Jones at, at you know at the defensive line, although that would be a lot of fun. You may not go great. make that move, but it would be great. But you might be able to get a Chase Young for a fraction of the price. I know they play way different positions, but that's the kind of moves that I'm talking about. You may not get a Brian Burns, but you may get a Chase Young type of player. You may not go out and get a Stephon Gilmore, like people know that name, but you might be able to get a Jeff Okuda for a nice price. Jordan Whitehead at safety position. I mean, there's there's so many names out there, Cody, at every I'm, and I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being hyperbolic. Every single position group has players that are at the second, third, fourth tier behind bigger name guys. I mean, we're talking about at running back, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, but then the drop off is like Tony Pollard and Antonio Gibson, who's really interesting and other players like that. So there's the free agency class is so deep that when George Payton says we're not going to be first wave players, it doesn't make me worried at all. I think the Broncos still need to find a way to be big players because they need starters on both sides of the ball. They need quality players, quality depth. This is the year to get it in free agency for a team friendly price. 
I know you're a baseball guy, so I'm going to make this analogy here, right? I think in free agency, everyone wants to see the home run, big swing, right? But I think the Broncos at this point, they're going to be perfectly comfortable just getting on base, getting on base, mm-hmm. getting a hit and seeing what you know accumulates there. Because as you mentioned, those tier two, tier three, tier four guys, those could end up being home run picks, like low risk, high reward type players for Denver this offseason. So I'm very curious to see what George Payton, Sean Payton, the Broncos scouting department, what they compile for what they need in free agency, what they're able to do from a financial standpoint. Obviously, we're going to get clarity here in the next two months on what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. And when a move does officially happen, we will get more clarity on what the Broncos salary situation looks like from a cap standpoint, from flexibility, like what the plan is for George Payton, Sean Payton. We'll get clarity on all that. And we'll break it down here every step of the way here on Lockdown Broncos. But one of the bigger topics that we've talked about here this week on Lockdown Broncos is the need and the importance of getting a quarterback, the right quarterback for this team going forward. The bigger question that we're now facing here is, will George Payton, Sean Payton align on a quarterback here this offseason. We'll take a look at what that looks like here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It was a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, Stephen Curry plus Travis Kelsey had a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made. Plus receptions is something you can get in on the specials tab. And if you want to play alongside some of prize picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each and every week. And on top of that, they even offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if one of the players gets injured in that game or they exit in the first half and do not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So check it out today. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash Lockdown NFL and use code Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Whether or not George Payton and Sean Payton align on the quarterback position is likely to determine whether or not these two remain uh, in a working relationship beyond this offseason. Quite frankly, I think it's one of the biggest questions that we have with general manager George Payton since he's conceivably getting a second hack at the quarterback position here. Can he and Sean Payton get this position right? It's such an important question in Broncos country. We can't wait to break it down all offseason with you. Of course, we wish the Broncos had a uh, Patrick Mahomes type or franchise quarterback in place, but we also love the day-to-day, the step-by-step, and we appreciate every single one of you for coming along that journey with us, whether you listen in the car on your way to work or on your commute, wherever you're going at the store, on the treadmill. Cody and I appreciate you so much for rocking with us every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network where you know that it's your team every day, free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as you can watch the show and get daily updates on YouTube. Cody, that's one of my favorite ways to take in content is just at the end of the day, I'm winding down, I throw on YouTube, the algorithm's already set up with all the things that I like to see, sneakers, Broncos, things like that. I like to watch people go drifting, you know, things like that. It's just fun stuff. So follow us on YouTube as well if you don't already. But man, this is a huge question as we continue to discuss the quarterback position. Once again, Cody, three straight years for you and I basically on this podcast. I mean, (laughs) it's kind of been a bummer, but at the same time, I think we're, we're entering a 
it's always a crucial offseason, right? When your team's not winning, when there's a playoff drought, when your quarterback position's not settled, or when you're trying to find a head coach, it's always a critical offseason. But this one seems particularly notable in that George Payton at the quarterback position, he took a big swing, which I respect the heck out of. We were talking about, let's build this guy a freaking statue after the Russell Wilson trade, but it didn't work out. It, it hasn't worked out. He's getting another shot, but now Sean Payton is the one who's kind of making the final call. Do you think that these two can come together to find the ideal quarterback for Sean Payton's offense and to keep this franchise, get it back to the prominence that we once saw? I, I think so as well. And look, I, I've always been a big person on noting how good Sh Sean and George's relationship has been throughout this entire process. And I mean, I even think maybe we give George Payton a little bit of grace here because think about the situation. I think we all know that they were trying to lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver initially back in 2022. And they found out that Rodgers was going to stay in Green Bay. They made the conversation, obviously, I think it was at the Senior Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, or the Combine, where George Payton had you know, dinner and had drinks with the Seahawks general manager. And they talked about what that would look like. And they wrote it on the napkin and everything like that. And then that's when the trade for Russell Wilson had happened. And you know, Nathaniel Hackett was a guy who signed off on like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be perfectly okay with working with Russ. And unfortunately we'd all come to find out that dynamic between Nathaniel Hackett. We all found out like, ah, he's in way over his head. Like, you know, he's not a guy that can lead a team and he's too rah-rah and didn't know how to manage a game and had to, you know, get assistance in that department there. And so much I think was on the, the contingency of like, Hey, like they're going to try to get Aaron Rodgers. And I think in hindsight, I'm kind of glad that the Broncos didn't go out and get Aaron Rodgers because I can't even imagine what type of disaster some of the drama would be that we'd have to cover in the day in and day out and all the controversy and everything like that. But, you know, I think in that situation, Denver was in a tough spot, right? Denver, I mean, you miss out on a guy that you're trying to get. You know he's going back to the team that, you know, he said that he didn't want to be playing for, and we all know that there was a, a means to an end there in Green Bay for him. But then you go and you get Russell Wilson, who at the time, I mean, he was coming off a year where he had the mallet finger injury and he came back a little too soon because he wanted to try to get the Seahawks to the playoffs. And then there was all the offseason drama there. And if everyone forgets, like the, the year before, Russ threw over 40 touchdowns in, in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. It's 2020. Yeah, it was 2022. No, 2020 is when he did it, the 40 touchdowns. And you're like, this guy can still play. And we've seen bits and pieces where we thought Russ could still play. So I think George, in a sense, he made the right move at the time, and obviously in hindsight, it's easy to throw stones at him. But I think that where he's at now, I think he's got a great understanding. He's got a great relationship. There is security in place, not just for him, but for Sean Payton. And Denver's situation has an ownership group now, which is firmly in place, which wasn't there at the time. I think that there is a path here that Denver really focuses and invests heavily here on quarterback. Now, I think the bigger question here, he said, George Payton said, he knows what type of quarterback that Payton wants. Now, is that a free agent guy or is that a draft guy like that? I think is the unknown right now, but that's probably the biggest question here. It is. And it's a deep class in the draft. It looks like at least on paper, you, you see a lot more every year. Everybody's got opinions about, you know, opinions are like the, you know, like your, your belly button or something. Everybody's got one. Nobody wants to see <laughs> it. Right. Uh, but I think that really Cody, to me, this, this whole situation boils down to, can George Payton and Sean Payton do something that really they've never done before? I mean, even when George Payton was with the Minnesota Vikings, they took shots on quarterbacks, but really it was like, oh yeah, we'll trade up to the back end of round one to get Teddy Bridgewater. He's fallen far enough. Like that year, they I think they had three first round picks in total in 2015 or 2014, whatever year that was. And they only took Teddy Bridgewater because he fell so far, so much further than anybody anticipated. So 
can you take a quarterback with some conviction in the NFL draft? Not just a, well, this is the 32nd pick and we'll see how it goes. And I mean, they, we've seen these two guys prioritize veterans, uh, George Payton, yeah. Kirk cousins. That was his big quarterback move with Rick Spielman in Minnesota back in 2018. Sean Payton, the trade for drew Brees, defined his entire career in new Orleans. And now in Denver, George Payton traded for Russell Wilson, just preferring the veteran. And he even mentioned it, Cody, when that, that, I think it was 2021 when he said it's harder to find franchise corners than it is franchise quarterbacks. And I understood what he was trying to say there. Like there's not many Pats or Tans of the world, but at the time you were able to get, you know, Tom Brady in free agency. Matthew Stafford was available in a trade. Russell Wilson became available in a trade. I get what he was trying to say. It's very, it's a very different ball game when you're talking about drafting the right guy, because now you're attaching yourself to, Hey, this is a, a rookie. We know we have to be patient, but at the same time, we, we know there's an urgency to win. So I just I, it'll have to be a first for these two guys drafting yeah. somebody within the first round that, man, that, can it work out? That's going to be so much. I, I can't wait to, to see what happens because I do feel like that's kind of where we're heading. Well, I think when you look at free agency and all the quarterbacks potentially available, I think when you look at the NFL draft, I think you said a great point in your last what you had said there toward the end. If you're not sure about a guy, don't reach on it. Like, that's the thing. And I think that's where Denver has kind of been hesitant over the course of, I mean, I think maybe the Paxton Lynch drafting, which, look, none of those people that made those decisions are in the Broncos building anymore right now. I know, but like in history, it looked like Denver at that time, so much of the conversation was, oh, they're a little desperate. They reached back to come back into the back into the NFL draft in that first round to get a guy like Paxton Lynch, who... I mean, had an arm. We all knew that, but there wasn't a lot of like conviction. Of, hey, this guy could be the franchise guy, though. He did land a Sports Illustrated cover, which was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a while. But the biggest thing for me here is you have to be and, and you said the word you have to have conviction that if you believe in this quarterback, you believe he can do it, no matter if he's a you know pick number 12 overall or if he's one of your third or fourth round picks. If you have conviction that he can do something, you make that play and you try it like that's that, it's all about taking risks like you have to take risk in the NFL. If you play it too safe, you're just going to go by the wayside. And Denver has been playing it too safe, I think, for too long. Take a big chance. Take a gamble now. You've got a franchise cornerback in Patrick Sertan. Now, this is the year in the NFL draft. You go out and you try to get you a franchise quarterback if you believe he can be the guy. But if you don't believe, if you're uncertain, then you don't take that risk, in my opinion. If you're uncertain, you don't think it's going to work, then I think that's where you maybe stay away from it. But I think the same also applies to free agency. Like, what is the plan? Like, if you bring in Jameis Winston for a year, what's the plan? Like, what's the long-term vision for the position? It still doesn't address it. And that, I think, is where Broncos fans are rightfully frustrated about they just want clarity. And I think a large portion of this fan base wants them to draft a quarterback here at pick number 12 or to move up. And look, I know that there's a lot of gymnastics that go about there. I think when you look at what Sean Payton has done in New Orleans over time, how many times we see New Orleans trade up in the NFL draft, it's still possible. And I don't think it's going to require a ton of movement, especially if there's a team that wants to maybe jump back a few spots. It's doable for Denver to maybe be at 12 and jump up to eight, if that's something. If a team ahead of them wants to jump back a couple of spots. I mean, it's certainly doable. We see it happen every single year in the NFL draft. So sometimes that conversation gets a little bit overly complicated. But that is a huge question in terms of whether or not George Payton, Sean Payton will align on a QB. I believe that they will. The question is, and we're all waiting to figure out what the answer is, what does that look like? Well, that's what the offseason is here for, and we'll have you covered every step of the way here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. And then there's another question we're going to ask here about George Payton. Through the course of his tenure as a general manager, look, he's faced some criticism, but 
He's done a pretty good job in the NFL draft. Can he continue that trend here in 2024 with just six picks in this year's draft process? We'll break it all down here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. It what It's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors, they have everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors, they have you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Once again, keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, we're going to ask whether or not George Payne can continue his positive trend of nailing draft picks and having a more positive hit rate in a lot of areas here as the Broncos look to build their depth going forward with Sean Payton now listed as the team's head coach. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. And once again, you can get Lockdown Broncos for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you tune in every single day. Even though the offseason is here, we have a brand new episode for you Monday through Friday. And anytime there's breaking news, you get an emergency podcast brought right to your devices or to your TVs or smartphones so you can have up-to-date information as to what's going on, and you can also interact with other members of Broncos country. With that said, Sarah, our question here, can George Payton continue his success with NFL draft picks? Now, I kind of alluded to it as we previewed what this segment would be about. George Payton, over the course of his tenure as a GM, a majority of his draft picks have been good. They've been role players or starters, and they're still guys that are having an impact. Injuries have impacted some guys. Some guys have fallen off but he's got a way bigger hit rate in the NFL draft period than I think most people give him credit for. And I think we could even look at last year's draft class. Like a lot of guys didn't play right away, but there were contributors and there are guys that they believe can play for years to come. I think that needs to be discussed here as it pertains to what George Payton and Sean Payton can both do in this year's NFL draft. And I think they need to identify those instant contributors, right? Because that's kind of been maybe a common theme that we've seen among George Payton's draft picks is year one. It feels like maybe the plan is to sit some of these guys or to have them learn. And and there's nothing wrong with that with rookies. I mean, you can't expect everybody to be Puka Nakua or CJ Stroud or things like that. But (laughs) at the same time, you do need when you're a team like this, you do need your rookies to step up and actually play like we saw great progression from Nick Benito in year two. That was awesome. We saw, obviously, Pat Sertan. Remember, it's kind of weird to think he wasn't even a starter at, at week one of his rookie season under Vic Fangio. That's kind of a weird deal. <laughs> weird deal. It was the fourth <laughs> corner on the roster. What a strange thing. But, I mean, even Pat Sertan was not exempt from this, is what I'm saying. I mean, Quinn Miners took some time. Uh, of course, Baron Browning with the position switch. Drew Sanders, we saw him in and out of the lineup. Riley Moss sitting Greg Dulcich, I mean, the injuries have prevented. So like you said, Cody, it's it's been a combination of things. But then there's the hits like the Jonathan Coopers. I mean, he's developing in one of the better seventh-round picks in recent memory, which is awesome. Caden Stearns, if he could stay on the field, you've got a starter that you found in round five. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good value yeah. there. So I think there is, there's a lot of good that George Payton has done that gets overshadowed by 
the length of time that it's taking players to develop the instant impact or lack thereof in terms of instant impact. Although Marvin Mims was named to the Pro Bowl, right, as a return specialist, we're sitting here wondering, why was the Washington game the only game that he scored an offensive touchdown all year? That's messed up, you know? So there's different aspects to this. And I think what he's done in the draft has been overshadowed by the fact that Man, George Payton as a general manager, he's being defined by a number of things. His biggest free agent acquisition, a total flop, Randy Gregory. That was a horrible free agent signing. The the quarterback move that he made, the big swing to get Russell Wilson, that seems like a total flop. His head coach hire, Nathaniel Hackett, that was a total flop. So all of these different things are overshadowing what he's done in the draft, which has been pretty quality work, except for 2022. I think they let the coaches bang the table a little bit too much on day three. Could have had some other guys potentially, but that's splitting hairs really at this point. I think that it's okay to be critical, but day three picks, I mean, yeah. those are those are the dart throw among dart throw. You're standing 100 feet away trying to throw a dart. So I have mixed feelings about the draft with George Payton, Cody, but I think overall you're right. A lot of solid picks and a history here. And I feel like, too, the 2022 class is probably the one draft class that probably is like, ah, just like this one doesn't have a lot of familiar, like security with it. I think Nick Benito is the only guy out of that draft class. And, and if Dulcich can stay healthy and ha- turns in a big 2024, my tone will change on that a little bit. We know Denver had limited capital anyways in that in that class there specifically. But Benito is, is turning the corner. Obviously, he's made a huge step, can be a very big impact player for them. I'm very I feel very good about the Benito pick. Greg Dulcich, the, the jury's still out there, but it's not trending in the right direction because of injuries. But if that changes, let's say he has a healthy year in 2024, has a dominant season, then my my tune on that will change a little bit. I think the perspective in Broncos country will change as well. And then on top of that, like this year's going to be a big one. Like last year, I think was interesting for Denver because it was Sean and George's first draft working together. Sean Payton likes to trade draft picks. George Payton likes to acquire more draft picks. So it was like, they were trying to figure out, hey, it's like a dance. Like, you know, you're, you're going up to someone you don't know and you're trying to figure out, like, what's the right move to make here? But they're in alignment on a lot of those things now. And I think because of that experience, 2024's draft is going to be huge for both of these guys. And they have six picks. And now, look, they don't have a second round pick. They do have a first. They do have a third. We don't know exactly whose third it is just yet, whether it's theirs or I think it's the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. And then on top of that, they have some other back end picks. And George Payton even said it himself that, we could acquire more picks. I mean, there is a process. Denver could en- engage in some draft day trades to acquire more capital or to move up. Like it is certainly possible. And, and look, I know we get into the conversation about the quantity of draft picks. I think at this point now, with six picks in this year's draft, I think it's all about quality. And look, if you have to trade up and maybe trade one of your back end picks to move up, and maybe you trade a player to move up even further to get the guy that you absolutely want then I think we have to invest in, okay, well, they did that. Is the quality good enough? And I think the jury will obviously be out on that. But I think we would like to see Denver take a calculated risk like that, if anything. But if they stay put with six picks and kind of pick as is as 12 and whatever picks that they have remaining in the draft, they have a chance, I think. They, they need to go out there, and as you mentioned, they need to get guys that can contribute right away, whether it's on special teams, offense, or defense. We will see a little bit more of Riley Moss, Drew Sanders in 2024 at those positions. We could see J.L. Skinner have an elevated role now getting onto the special team side of things. Alex Forsyth could end up being the starting center for the Broncos as well. So I think when we look at the 2023 class, there is still a lot of things that are like growing, right? It's like a garden. You're tending to it. And now you're hoping here in the spring, you can start seeing things kind of bloom and sprout a little bit. That's how I feel about the 2023 class and how I feel about the outlook of the 2024 class that could be upcoming here once ahead. And I think that they need to find some way to get 
10 picks in this draft, Cody, whatever that looks like. I mean, they, they need those players. They, they just need players. They need bodies. They need guys. They need to just take more shots because ultimately, if you limit yourself in draft capital, you limit your chances of finding the Puka Nakua's of the world, right? I mean, not that you're going to get that every year. I'm just, I'm just throwing his name out there because he was a fifth round pick. I mean, you, you get enough fifth round picks Didn't test you might well. find somebody like that. Didn't test well. Exactly. And obviously a lot of times BYU guys come out, they're a little older. So you, you combine those two factors. So, I mean, it's just, it's think of this. Okay. Sean Payton and George Payton, they came together for a trade back in that 2021 NFL draft, right? They, I mean, the Saints traded up for Paulson Adebo, the cornerback, when the Broncos were picking mm. in the 70s, similar to where they're at now. They trade back with the Saints having two picks at the back end of round three. So the Saints get Paulson Adebo in the you know early to middle portion of round three. The Broncos go all the way back into the, the late 90s or early 100s, something like that, and they get who? Quinn Miners and Baron Browning on the back end there. Mm. That right there is George Payton's maybe best argument of saying, hey, yeah, I know we want to get we want to get this guy right here, but what if we could get these two guys back here? You know what I'm saying? So there's those type of conversations that do need to happen now as I think the Broncos are in need of a, a quantity and quality draft. They need to get the best players they can, but they need to they need to expand their assets. They need to maybe multiply these picks in some type of way. We'll see if the Broncos will pook around and find out in the NFL draft this year. Was you know to see uh, that might be a fantasy football name for one of you guys out there or gals that are listening. Uh, Y'all go ahead, put it as your thing there. Uh, But aside from that, I mean, I think some interesting questions were poised here. Broncos country. If you have any more questions about George Payton, make sure you drop it in the YouTube comments or you engage on social media at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Bettinger at Locked On Broncos. We'll continue our conversation here in this series throughout the week here as we continue to look what are some of the biggest questions facing the Denver Broncos defense this offseason. We'll break it all down on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos.